Hey guys, welcome to episode 14. We have Neil from Now Property Investments making a return, a very quick return <laughs> from the last episode. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, his more recent projects, what's been happening with him and me since you haven't heard from me in quite some time. I've been I've been busy, <laughs> very busy. Uh, Neil, glad to have you back. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was all it was fun last time and. I think we got, we're going to have some pretty interesting stuff to talk about this time. I suspect so. I suspect so. so yeah, you, you were just uh, talking about the duplex. Um, I'm not sure how much of that you wanted to share. Um, maybe you can just provide some background context. And I, I don't think I ever caught what, what happened at the end. I think you were saying, uh, last thing I remember is the lady said something about they were, they were showing it to you but it wasn't on the market yet or something along those lines yeah yeah so um there was this duplex in arlington texas right by uta and basically how i found it was i was on the facebook marketplace just looking for like different houses sometimes people put houses up there and i saw this lady that um she basically posted this uh duplex that was in arlington so i hit her up and i was like hey you know i'm interested what's the address and i'd like to come by and look at it so I went by and looked at it the next day, and the duplex was pretty much um, in really good shape as from when you saw when you came out as well. So, yeah, she was a little shaky. It was her first time uh, having like an investment property. So um, basically, it was really on me, truthfully. Uh, when I reached out to her and I was talking to her about the duplex, uh, I was going to turn that into an Airbnb, but I had never actually done Airbnb before. But it's funny that you and I had talked about it last time on the podcast. So um, when I was talking to her, I was a little shaky, like, uh, I don't really know. But, you know, I would love to own a finance. And that's what she wanted to do as well. But my uh, me being so hesitant kind of messed up the deal because she ended up reaching out to a realtor. And the realtor ended up messing up the deal because instead of the lady, the lady, I think she wanted like um, we, she was going to own a finance it for like 200000 or something like that or like 215 or something like that. Uh, when she ended up reaching out to the realtor, the realtor was like, yeah, we can list it for, for 225 or uh, 230 because the realtor didn't realize that if you have a house uh, and you also have a mortgage on it, you can also own a finance at home. So um, it just really came from the ignorance with the realtor. Because what the lady could have gotten, so what my terms would have been was, it would have been like, uh, I would have offered her like 270 and uh, it could have been like 270 with like a 3 or 4% interest rate. I would have put down like 15000 and over uh, the 10 years or 15 years or whatever, she would have ended up making probably around like almost 300000 on that with the interest rate and everything. Yeah. But with the realtor, uh, she ended up, just selling it for the, I think, 225. And, you know, basically she ended up losing like 60 or $70,000 if we're just keeping it real. Because what she wanted to do, like I said, at first, she wanted to own her finance. The realtor didn't realize that she could do that because she had only been in the game for four months. And me not um, just taking the initiative, uh, I didn't reach out to her fast enough to get it done. Mm. So the the owner finance deal, how does how does that work exactly? Can can you hear me clearly on that end? It sounds weird on my feet. Sure yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you pretty uh, really good. Uh, okay. Do you, do you hear anything on on the on my side? 
I feel like I'm hearing some feedback. Hold on, I think it might be the air. Let me. Okay. It should probably stop in the next like minute okay. or so. But yeah, owner finance. Um, what was the question again? Yeah, so so basically that's the owner letting you pay them over time with an yeah. interest rate, right? Instead of you taking out a loan. Exactly. So the owner in term is acting basically as the bank. So uh, how it will work if the owner has a loan on the house right now, basically what will happen is the owner, the owner and I would come up with whatever terms made sense. So let's say for that example, uh, the lady wanted, let's say she wanted, you know, uh, 215 or 220 or whatever, and a 5% interest rate, right? So um, I will put down whatever we negotiated. Let's say uh, we negotiated, I put down 15,000. I'll put down, put down 15,000. Um, and uh, basically, my payments would go to a third party servicer, which would in turn pay the first lien, which is the original mortgage, and then pay her afterwards. And then I would be left um, basically renting it out for whatever I could after all of that. So let, let's say that uh, her original mortgage is $700, right? So her original uh, mortgage is $700. Um, I told her that I would pay her every month uh, $1,000. So uh, the original, the first, the bank would get $700, she would get $300. And with that Airbnb, we were thinking what, like $4,000 a month or something like that? From renting out both sides, there are about. Uh, I think I would say you could rent out each side for maybe an average of hundred one twenty a night. Um, if, if you do the math on that, that that's about four thousand a month. Yeah, those are about four thousand a month. Right, so it was a win win for for everybody. She gets that passive income without having to be a landlord. The original uh, lender, they get their money, and then I get paid. Mm. So in that deal, where does the where does the realtor come in in that deal? So typically, when you when you do a sale, you get a loan, uh, or rather, the buyer gets a loan. Um, their loan pays off what you're still owing, and then you get the rest of it. And the realtor gets to take what the 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 real estate agent split like they split six percent. Thereabouts, right? So where does where does that leave the realtor in this owner finance deal? Yeah, so the realtor would still get. So let's say uh, we sold it or she sold it to us for two fifteen. The realtors would still get that six percent, and we just end up, you know, paying that out of that fifteen thousand that came out up front. Hmm. So it's not it's not like they're losing anything. They just really didn't know any better. Exactly. Hmm. I thought maybe. I think when you first mentioned it, I thought. Maybe there's an angle that would cost the real estate agent somehow, and they didn't want they didn't want to go that route because of it. No, but uh, you know, being a a rookie realtor, you might think like, oh, okay, actually, I can't do that because when I when I spoke to the realtor, the first uh, contract that they got under uh, the first buyer that they got under contract, he ended up backing out. So I told the realtor, hey, you know, our offer still stands with the owner finance, and she was like. No, you can't owner finance a house that you don't own. And I was like, what do you mean? She doesn't own the house? And she was like, no, the bank owns it. 
I said, <laughs> no, she owns the house. The bank owns the note. And uh, you can definitely own her finance. And um, the realtor never, she never responded back to me, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I always warn like homeowners, like if you're going to work with a realtor, make sure that they know what they're doing. Like this lady, she was like four months into the game. You know what I mean? So it's like you're four months in the, into the game. Maybe you're talking to your broker and your broker doesn't know anything about creative financing. And it's like, you know, you think you can't do things. You think it might be illegal. You can talk to the title company. You can talk to all your attorneys. It's totally legal. Mm. I don't know. That's a weird one. I feel like if, if you she really wanted to sell a house, she could have done a little bit of research before. Right. Right. We're getting back into that. But anyways. But, you know, uh, most of the time realtors and this is not dog and realtors because we work with realtors all the time. We love them. But, you know, most of the time realtors only want the cut and dry, you know, transaction. They don't want to have to think about, oh, what do I have to do with creative financing or owner financing or subject to or anything like that? Mm, okay. Fair enough. But uh, are you still are you still searching for deals like that, or did did that kind of leave a sour taste in your mouth? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm a hundred percent still searching for deals like that. Like like I said, I I haven't done an Airbnb type deal yet, but you know, uh, I'm glad that I have a great friend like you that knows how to do it. <laughs> and we can definitely go in on it together, and you know, make something happen. For sure, for sure. Let me know. Did you mention that you found that seller on a? You said on a group or something? Yeah, yeah. It was like the Facebook Marketplace. Oh, okay. Like just a regular marketplace? Yeah, it was either so it was either the marketplace or she posted it inside like the because um there's like different like DFW real estate um I guess groups or whatever on there. It was yeah. either on the marketplace or it was in one of those groups. Okay, I have to keep my eye out for some of those. Yeah. Um, I'm fi- finished the sale of the townhouse uh, late February. So Planning, thanks. I'm planning to pick up some some apartments pretty soon. Um, probably early next month. I'm going to start talking to places. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, that's something I've been wanting to do for some time. Even before I went to townhouse route, I think I had mentioned last time. Uh, but it, there was uh, there there. It seemed to me like there was this barrier to finding those places. And now that I know how, it seems so easy that it's it's almost funny that I thought it was so <laughs> that difficult <laughs> in the first place. But yeah, that would be an interesting adventure. Um. I think it's just something where you have to get your foot in the door in one place. Right. If you get if you get a good deal in one place, one apartment could be five eventually. Really? So, yeah, they they actually prefer the places that are ideal for this. They actually prefer people to rent multiple units because wow. typically they'll want to they'll want to. I mean, it depends on the deal you negotiate with them, but they'll want to charge you more probably. Yeah. And so they're getting more rent. You're probably not going to damage their place like regular renters will. Um, right. They know you're going to pay on time. You're running a business. You, they know you're going to clean the place like every time a guest leaves, as opposed to a long-term renter that might live there a whole year and maybe clean the place twice. You know, right, <laughs> so it's, right. in a way, it's like a win-win. The places that really do this and understand the difference, it's like a win. It's a win-win for them. So the right. more apartments they can get you, the least the better. So it's. 
it's it's a sweet deal once you find that symbiosis where they understand they're getting something and you're getting something too. Right. So so when, when you say uh, like they charge you more, like do you know how much more or is it? Just- so before I got into the townhouse thing, um, I had found one place. There was only one place I had found that actually said, yes, we do allow people to, you know, use our apartments for Airbnb or short-term renting. It's, uh, I think we, I think we talked about the last time, the Butler brothers building. Mm, so, yeah. um, for context, if I remember correctly, what I was talking to them about was a studio apartment. So the studio, their studios were going for about, if I, again, this is me trying to remember almost two years ago, actually just over, over two years ago. Now this was pre COVID. I think the students oh, wow. were going for about, um, to, uh, 2,200 a month. So they were saying that, yes, we allow people to Airbnb, blah, blah, blah. But if you're using your apartment for Airbnb, if it's a corporate lease, quote unquote, not all corporate leases will allow you Airbnb, but if it's a corporate lease, quote unquote, will charge you 2400 instead, which is not a ridiculous, yeah. not, not a not ridiculous bad. hike. Yeah. And um, they did have an additional caveat. I don't know if this applies to all their tenants. I'm guessing it doesn't, but maybe it does. I don't know. The additional caveat was, okay, uh, your deposit is going to be two months rent. I don't I don't know if that applies to most if most of their tenants especially since they were pretty flexible on the lease they said you we could even get like a six-month lease which i thought was i thought that was interesting um i don't know maybe they're really desperate for tenants at the (laughs) time but uh yeah so that was that was their deal like 2400 a month studio apartment um two months rent two months rent for deposit so basically getting started would have been like seven thousand two hundred out the gate getting started um looking back that wasn't a that was not a bad deal it was it wasn't yeah. a bad deal but at the time i didn't really know like I, i'd watched all these youtube videos okay they say you can do this they say you can do that but i haven't done it yet so, <laughs> so yeah. I, don't, I don't actually know how much i can realistically make and the numbers and everything all i know is what i'm seeing on youtube it seemed like a risky way to get started to me at right. the time if i had found one for like a thousand or fifteen hundred maybe i'd have hopped in then um but yeah so that was that was a story with that one i will i will go back and talk to them i think and see if they're still friendly to apartment uh yeah. <laughs> i will but i i, I want to ideally i still want to find a one with a cheaper price point it just it's just more it's just more profit at the end of the day you don't want to you don't want to spend more uh, on overhead costs than you need to, um, especially considering like the apartments are they're the apartments are they're good and not bad. I mean, the building is nice once you get on the inside. But yeah. the other thing is, I didn't like the area around the building. You would never like just looking at the area. You wouldn't think that the building was that nice until you, right. until, you until you get inside. You would never know because it looks it looks kind of run down around the building. So that that was the second turnoff for me. Like it's, um, I guess some people manage it. Like the last one, the last time I went to Houston, I got an Airbnb there, and um, I saw the pictures of the apartments on Airbnb, and it looked nice. Okay, this looks like a nice place, you know, decent price. Yeah. 
But what they didn't show was the pictures of the outside. <laughs> the, the Airbnb was basically it was basically in the hood, basically. But yeah, they, they didn't they didn't show that part. So when I got there, when I was about to get there, I was like, "Hold on a minute! Like, am I am I in the right place?" <laughs> right, right. But um, what was I saying? Yeah. So once I actually got into the apartment itself, it was nice. It was well well set up and everything, but. Um, the actual building looked kind of run down on the outside. Some looked like there was some shady shit going on around the building. Like right. the, par- the parking lot of the building had a gate. Like that, that already told me something. Like okay, there's this is not your average neighborhood. And then at yeah. night, at like two a.m., there's the neighbor in the opposite apartment starts screaming. It did two of them ah. just screaming i don't know what they're screaming i don't know what they're screaming about <laughs> i don't know what they're screaming about they're just screaming i mean as long as they didn't come hit my door or anything i didn't really care but it was oh, it was odd it was so that's the that's exactly the kind of experience i don't want somebody to come to my airbnb and have i mean i right. still gave them their stars or whatever but i told them like hey your neighbors your neighbor is getting pretty loud and I suspect that's not the that's not the first time they've heard that. And the thing about Airbnb is like you you set up this nice experience, everything's great, the apartment looks nice. The littlest thing can turn people off. Right. And then it's like people have these this I don't want to say overactive imaginations because as a consumer of Airbnbs, I've been there too. I think it's when I became a host, I started to become more forgiving of, of other Airbnb hosts. Right. Not that I was ever harsh, but I, I definitely started to understand more. So when people see one little thing, it sparks your imagination. You start wondering, was this place even cleaned? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you don't want to even put that speck of doubt in people's minds. Like, for all I know, the neighbor was just playing Call of Duty or something. Right. But, but because I've already seen the environment around the building now my mind starts coming up with all these different yeah, scenarios of what's going <laughs> so what's, that's what's about to happen yeah yeah so those kind of details are very important you don't want you don't want to open that door for people to start thinking different things so that that's that was the other thing that turned me off of the place it's the surrounding area already just looked so looks so sketch but I'll I'll talk to them again for sure, especially if I have a hard time with other buildings. It's yeah. I guess it will it will it will make sense to go back to a place that I know for sure was already doing that. Sure. And it's easier if you don't have to convince them if it's something they were already doing. They probably have a system in place. Whereas if it wasn't, even if they agree to let you do it, okay, now we'll let you do it, but. And then you start saying, oh, I'll need this and I'll need that. It's like an uphill battle. And some places will say, oh, well, why don't you do a background check? How are you going to put the key fob? And they're like, okay, right. that's that, that's your problem. You figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. But anyways, um, enough on the Airbnb segue for a little bit. So what what's uh, – I think we're going to talk about your other projects today, the assisted living. How's that going? Yeah, so um, I think we didn't even talk about it until like the very, very end because it's kind of like a, um, I don't know, I guess I was just caught up on, you know, just the fix and flips and stuff like that. But the big thing that we did, so we started this in, let's see, 
my journey started with residential assisted living. That's what we're doing. We started this back in 2021, which was last year. But we had some problems with the contractors that we were working with with this particular house. So basically what we're doing is we're taking homes from uh, that are basically just like regular residential uh, homes and turning them into residential assisted living facilities where we're putting seniors in there. And um, the base that they're paying is around like four thousand dollars per bed. So um, what we do is we take a, a regular house, which is like a three bed, two bath. And we'll convert it into a five bed, three bath in place, give or take um, around like depending on on the size of the house and how much square footage and stuff like that that we have. We can put maybe like 10 seniors in the home. Sometimes if the house is big enough, we can have up to 16 seniors uh, in Texas. And each senior, like I said, will be paying four thousand dollars per bed. And uh, that's like the base. It's kind of like a a la carte type thing where. the price goes up based on whatever needs that they have. And in these homes, um, what we really specialize is better senior care. So um, the reason why most people like to come to these homes is because this compared to a big box assisted living facility where there's like hundreds of seniors in there. um, Most of the time when a senior is being moved into another facility, um, it's kind of like a culture shock when they go from a a house to a huge apartment because they've lived in the house for, you know, for 30, 40 years. So what we're doing is we're just keeping the, uh, basically we're keeping the home and, um, creating a culture where it feels more like a family to the senior. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, that idea always intrigued me. Like, Oh my God, what is going on with my mic right now? Can you still hear me right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I need to go test this thing out again or get a new one or something. <laughs> but it's it's been acting all kinds of weird since it got this one little dent in the mic. It's crazy how sensitive these things are. You dropped it? I, I don't even... Judging by the paint on the dent, I think I hit it on a wall or something while I was carrying it. Uh... I, don't, I, don't, I don't even remember. It's been a while now. But yeah, so um, to kind of delve into that a little bit. So when you say like they're paying four thousand dollars out of uh, per bed, that's that's something that um, man, I'm not too familiar with these American systems. What is what they call it, Medicare or what? What, what is it called? That's that's covering yeah. that. Yeah. So some people that they do like Medicare, uh, Medicaid, uh, basically billing, right? We don't do that. What we do is uh, all of ours is just straight private pay. It's private pay or long-term care insurance just so we don't have to deal with, you know, uh, the whole billing experience because that can get pretty tricky. And um, if you don't know how to do it right, you can definitely get in a lot of trouble, which a lot of people have. So, um, um, yeah, we're just pretty much private pay. Well, you probably get uh, audited a lot too if you go that route. <laughs> right, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so um, I think you were saying you were having trouble with the contractors. So what's what's next on that front? Yeah, so uh, we started the one that we have in Fairfield last year, twenty twenty one, and basically what happened was we were supposed to get everything up and running, uh, really by like the fall time, but. Uh, the contractors messed up on the floors 
and the floors had like huge bubbles all throughout the floors. So we were going back and forth with them to fix it. And they were saying, oh, it wasn't their fault. It was our fault. And, you know, thank God we got them back in there and uh, they ended up fixing it. And we got the four floors flattened and um, the house is pretty much done. So from there, we started uh, doing the licensure process where basically we had to work with the state to um, get the different license to be able to put seniors inside the home. So how that basically works is um, you do your application. Uh, on that application, it's usually about like five or six pages. And on that application, you have to uh, prove that you are a company with an LLC. Um, you have to do a background check. That background check, from what I've seen, uh, when we did it, it took like two and a half weeks, three weeks. It's like a pretty thorough background check just to make sure that you haven't done anything like um, crazy to where it might end up like hurting or affecting the senior. Um, another thing that we have to do is uh, right after they do that background check, they come in and uh, do a life safety um, check where basically the um, state comes in and makes sure that everything is ADA approved. And that's basically the Americans Disability Act saying that, you know, uh, if anybody is hand handicapped, they can get around the house without any assistance. Uh, that also we had to get sprinklers put in the house and sprinklers. Uh, they run around like forty thousand dollars. So uh, what? Are you serious? Yeah, they, they're pretty expensive. I definitely didn't know that until we had to do it. So the sprinklers, we had to get fire extinguishers. We literally like this house. If we wanted to, we purchased the house uh, for like sixty-eight thousand. But if we wanted to, with everything done to it now, we could really sell it for close to um, probably like close to like two fifty, two sixty now, just with the way you know we we basically optimized it. Wow, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the sprinklers. Is the yeah. fun, the funniest things that cost that cost that much? I, I right. No, wow. it's pretty crazy because. Um, I guess what makes it cost so much is that, you know, they have to go through like a bunch of different like permitting. Uh, they have to do like different designs with architects to basically uh, sketch out the house for them to get a good plan of where to put everything. And then after that, they have to work with the fire marshal to make sure that everything is up to code and we're good to go. Huh. So do you have to put in like all those uh, assisted railings? Right. Stuff like that for wheelchairs and all that. Everything, everything. I have to make sure that the doors are wide enough for you to be able to roll through with a wheelchair. Wow. Yeah. So after that, um, after we do the life safety, um, they'll come in. And after we do the life safety, we're able to put three people in the house. And uh, the three people is just basically uh, like a test run saying, okay, we know what we're doing. We have our systems uh, down packed. And after that, uh, I think around like 30 or 40 days later, the state will come back out, make sure that we have all the signage that we need up, um, that we're basically running the facility the way it's supposed to be ran. And uh, they'll give you like your full license to put in the maximum amount of people in that house that you put on that application. Hmm. So I, I guess where we had stopped last time was something like, so let's say I'm, I'm Bob off the street and I want to start this. I want to start this four months from now. What, what does, what does Bob do? Where, how does Bob get started from? 
start to finish? What's the blueprint like? Yeah, for sure. So um, number one, there's a few different ways. You can be a limited partner or, you know, a passive investor and invest in a company like mine, or you could uh, go out and do it yourself, or you could actually uh, purchase the home and rent this out to a manager or a management company that does this. And you can uh, charge them like two or three times the uh, average rent in that area. So if the rent's like 1200, you could really probably charge them closer to around like uh, 3,500, maybe $4,000, give or take. So let's say that um, Bob wants to do exactly what I'm doing, which is that they want to go through the whole process of actually owning the house and owning the business. So what Bob would have to do is uh, get a house. Um, I guess one probably that um, is at a good price or they can get one on the market, whatever. Uh, what I would probably consider or advise Bob to do is to get one that needs a little bit of work. So you're not uh, paying the market value for the house. So you, you get a house that needs a little bit of work. Uh, they come in and, you know, fix everything up to the ADA standards, put the sprinklers, fire uh, extinguishers, all that other good stuff, get it all in there. While you're doing that, uh, you start working on getting your license. You put in the application with the state. Uh, with us, it's the state of Texas. And um, while the contra- uh, the construction's going on, you're working on your license. The uh, life safety person comes in after the sprinklers and everything is done. And then you're able to put the three people in. And once you have the three people in, um, the state comes back out and then they give you your full license after they um, see that everything is running the way it's supposed to be running. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that. Uh, so in that scenario, if you go with the management company, how much do you have? How much do you know about that that route, that particular route? Like, do you have? Do you absorb any liability if something happens in the home, even though you put a management company in charge? Yeah. So the management company is going to have their own insurance. So you're literally just uh, the lease or. So you don't really have any liability if, you know, a senior was to fall and was to, you know, break a bone or whatever that all fall on, falls on the management company because you're literally just leasing them the home. But you will also have your own insurance as well, just in case. Oh. Yeah, real estate and insurance, uh, that <laughs> the value of that insurance is I don't even know, like not not just not just Airbnb, but even on something like Turo, like you'd get right. your own car insurance and some other insurance, and then Turo's insurance. Right. Yeah, I I absolutely hate the idea of insurance, but I'm starting to realize why why it's so necessary. <laughs> you need it. You need it. You definitely need it for sure. Yeah. So in your uh, okay, so this is not this is not under now property investments, right? Yeah, so that's what I was saying. So there's uh, the three different ones. You know, you can be a passive investor. You can do exactly what I'm doing, which you own the real estate and the uh, management company, or you can just own the real estate. So on my side, I own now property investments owns the real estate and the management company is able assisted. And, and that, those are the ones that actually um, run the day to day operations and, you know, take care of the seniors. Okay, so okay, are you, so you getting to the business of hiring staff to do that? Or? Yeah, yeah. So the staff that you need are you need CNAs or uh, caregivers, 
and you also need to work with an RN because the RN, whenever you bring in a um, a a senior, and you know you basically um, they start renting or leasing a, a bed from you, the RN has to come in and uh, basically go over everything that um, the senior is going through, meaning like their health condition, uh, what they can eat, what they can't eat, and basically give you a rundown of um, what their health is like at that time. Mm, so this, this is a whole different kind of business, really. Right, right. It's basically, um, I guess the best way I could put it would be kind of like the hotel business, you know, where you own the hotel, but you also have like the management company that runs the day to day with like the cleaning and the, you know, uh, the support up front and marketing and all the other good stuff. Mm, I see. So if say somebody came to you today, um, hey Neil, like I just bought this house, don't know what to do with it. This um assisted living thing sounds cool. Um able assisted would be able to say, Okay, hey, we'll take the house and we'll set it up for this stuff and we'll deal with the day to day stuff and you get your check in the mail. Right, exactly. And the reason just like you were talking about with Airbnb, why somebody that owns that house would love that is because number one, they know that the house would be taken care of uh, because we have to have seniors, we have seniors in it and the, the house has to be, you know, as clean and tidy as possible because of the seniors. And number two, you're going to get that uh, huge payback because you are renting to a commercial uh, business. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty, pretty I'm, I've kind of considered doing something similar with Airbnb, especially, at, well, further down the line, after I already um, got some hands on with the apartment scene where I would just come to somebody and say, okay, hey, this is what this business is like. Would you like to get started? Don't worry. I'll take care of everything. You pay this much. I'll help you set everything up. Or even after setting up, I help you manage it on an ongoing basis for, I don't know, um, their management companies that will take like 20, 30%. So I need, I need to figure out what would make sense for me to take and st while still making a profit, but making it cheaper. But I've thought right. about going, going that route as well. It's um, interesting how endless the possibilities are. Even in these businesses, it's like you don't even have to be doing the actual you don't have to be involved in the actual business. There are just so many peripheral businesses around. Right. Like there, there are some Airbnb. There's some people who started as Airbnb hosts. I've seen a couple who started out as hosts. And then they're like, hold on a minute. Like now their main thing is they have a cleaning company or something that works for other hosts. And now it doesn't matter rain or shine. Their business is, is moving because somebody's always going to need their Airbnb cleaned. Yeah. So they're going to get paid either way. Yeah, so they're gonna get paid either way, exactly. So it's, I've always been keep, I've been keeping an eye out for more of those uh, peripheral needs now. But right, it's kind of it's kind of hard. Usually, it doesn't come to me until I hear somebody say it. I'm like, damn, why didn't I think? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> for sure, yeah, yeah. And, and even with that, you know, and that's why you know a lot of people they love real estate, but they aren't. You know, they're not the ones that want to actually run the real estate. So. Uh, going back to even like the limited partners or the passive investors, you know, there's people that really love real estate. They want to, you know, either purchase a house and, you know, uh, get that passive income or 
they, they want to be the management company and run the property, but they just don't have the time. They don't have the energy. And that's where you coming in and being a uh, passive investor really benefits because, number one, uh, you are able to get that uh, basically mailbox money every single month. But number two, when you're a limited uh, partner, your risk of you being sued or anything like that really goes out the window because you're not the one that's actually um, doing like the day to day. You're not the basically you're basically not the figurehead. You're basically just the bank. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So how did you I think we may have mentioned this in the last one, but it's it's been so long. I don't even remember. How, how did you come up with the idea for this and how did you. I don't know anybody that's listening to this. I know when the first time I heard of it, it sounded like, yeah, this is cool, but I don't know if I want to take on all that liability. How did you come to terms with with that with that part? Yeah, so um I first heard about heard about it when I was on my way to one of our flip houses back in I think it was like twenty nineteen or so. And the guy was basically talking about, you know, how great it was for seniors, but how it was a really great investor's a really great investment for people that were looking to make a passive income as well. So um, I kind of put it in the back of my head until 2021 when um, we saw this house that we have in Fairfield that would literally be like the perfect house for it. Uh, I wish I had pictures that I could put on here right now so you could see it. But um, after that happened, we kind of just like dove uh, head first into it. Because when you're looking at the numbers on these things, it's really astronomical, truthfully, uh, especially when we're talking about uh, if you compare it to like a 20 plus uh, apartment building, uh, the cash on cash returns are is really not even comparable. You can't even compare the numbers. And you said you and got you said, it for what, like 70,000, you said? Yeah, I got it for 68.5. And um so if you, you want to run the numbers, we can. Uh, let's see. So I got the house for 68.5. I put in around, um, with the sprinklers, I put in around, let's say, close to about 75000 plus 75000 The house uh, with everything, uh, the house is worth around like two fifty now, like I said, if we wanted to sell it. So all in, we were all in around like two forty three, right? Now yeah. each yeah. each resident is going to pay around four thousand dollars, and in the house that we have down there, we can have uh, two, uh, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. We can have eight residents right now, and that's without us converting garage. If we converted the garage, we can have actually ten residents in the house. So it's eight residents times four thousand. That's thirty two thousand a month times 12 months that's three hundred and eighty four thousand dollars a year now uh if we wanted to once we get all the residents in and we have a stabilized we could sell it uh for you know 3x that value because most of the time the value of companies or the value of whatever the asset is is basically based off of that times three or whatever so if we 3x that three hundred eighty four thousand. We could end up selling the house that we bought for $68,000 and, you know, we put all the renovations in altogether, $143,000. We could end up selling this house with the management company uh, in it for $1.15 million. 
Okay. I guess when you said astronomical, you weren't kidding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like I said, you know, it's great for the investors, but it's even better for the seniors because the seniors are able to really get like really good care. Because when they go to these nursing homes or big box facilities, the CNAs are working like one to 20. You know, it's like one CNA to 20 uh, seniors. And it's like they cannot see everybody every single hour. And it's basically they're putting this. Uh, they're basically put in like social isolation. And what we've learned from studying just seniors alone is social isolation is really like the number one killer for seniors because they go to a place where they feel like they're alone. And as humans, we need to feel connected to want to continue to live. So, yeah. These places are amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, one thing I've no definitely noticed about older people is they, they love conversations. That's, that's right. conversations are like currency <laughs> right and right. i think that's that's the reason why 100 percent, and that's why we pretty much changed our whole like model when it comes to now property investments uh, when we look to purchase houses we really are looking to purchase these homes for residential assisted living facilities so that you know we can convert them into it so uh within the next five years we're looking to purchase one home per quarter. So within the next five years, we're looking to have a, around like 20 of these homes in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and all throughout Texas. Nice, nice. <laughs> so how does how does that work? So you, you purchase these homes from now through an out property and then you um, change the ownership over to um, Able Assisted or? Yeah, no. So uh, we purchased a home with now property investment. And we lease that home to Able Assisted. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we don't even have to do any change of ownership or anything like that because Able Assisted is just the management company. It's pretty interesting. So say you sell Able Assisted, the management company, with the house, mm -hmm. like like you're saying. And so in that situation, if, if you had already set up like two or three other houses, now property would technically still own them. Uh, well, basically what we would do if we were to sell that house, uh, we, we could do it one way or another. So we could sell just the business in that home and keep now property investments as the owner. And whoever purchased that house would still be paying us rent every single month. Or we could sell the house and the company together for that, like that number that I was talking to you about earlier. Oh, wow. Either way, yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. Where's Where's Fairfield, Texas? Again, I need I need to go look at look up that place. <laughs> yeah, Fairfield is right outside of Corsicana. It's literally like twenty minutes from Corsicana. But okay. our next ones that we we will be purchasing will be in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and we actually had a a bid on one this weekend that we ended up losing out on because even though we can purchase these homes and um you know basically raise the value astronomically, I really don't want to overpay because, you know, I still am a real estate investor and I understand, you know, the market can turn at any time. Yeah. If we yeah. exit strategy to be able to get out, I don't want to be underwater. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, just thinking about what the market is like for this business. See, so you have a house in Fairfield, Texas. Can right. you expect that, most of your uh, residents are going to be from that area. Does it matter at all? Or I, I don't know what that that uh, space is like. Yeah, it really doesn't matter, truthfully. Um, 
the the people that we really had to sell it to are the kids of the uh, seniors because those are the ones that are actually pretty much paying for the house or, uh, you know, choosing where their parents are going to be. So it really just comes down to the marketing and them knowing that this is going to be a safe, fun environment for their um, mom or dad or whoever they are to them. Mm-hmm. So would you have, would you have yeah. stuff like games or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So so basically, basically what we'll have is um, we'll have a garden in the back. We'll have um, they love to watch TV. We'll have a huge like 65 inch screen TV in there. Um, games. We'll have people that come in with like um, those. What do you call them? Like uh, care dogs, like the little puppies or whatever that you can like pet and stuff like that. Yeah. We'll have yeah. different activities and um, we'll also be taking like little field trips here and there. Nothing too crazy, but you know, little stuff just to help them be able to get outside of the house a little bit and, you know, have a good time. Mm, that is, that's, that's pretty interesting. I think right. I like, I like to learn more about a little bit more about this thing. Um, I like the idea as much as at first it sounded, it sounded a little bit daunting at first, but I like the idea behind it. And then of course, yeah. re- returns are, returns are always amazing. So, For sure. yeah, de- definitely something to look into more, but I think yeah. I need to, I need to chew one bone at a time. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, it, it sounds a lot easier than what it is because number one, uh, going through getting your license with the state is a pretty tough process because, you know, they drag the feet with everything. Uh, like I said, working with contractors, that's, that can be tough, you know, alone. And, um, having to get like the fire marshals and the permits and all the other good stuff. So it's definitely not an easy task, but it's well worth it if you're able to get your systems down. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't sound easy by any means. actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This, this makes Airbnb sound very simple. Yeah. Very simple. Anyways. Yeah. That is pretty fun learning about that. Um, Any uh, partying, information or advice you want to leave with the listeners yeah yeah so uh if you'd like to learn any more uh, if you'd like to learn more information about residential assisted living facilities rather you wanting to start one yourself or possibly being like a, a passive investor we do have a lot of those different opportunities and this is not me soliciting anything <laughs> he's saying you can definitely reach out to me my email address is NJ, uh, basically Neil Johnson, NJ at nowpropertyinvest.com. And I'd love to answer any questions that you have. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you for information to put on the show notes. Um, I think I still have, I think I have everything from the last one. I should be able to just copy it. I don't think there's anything different. Yeah. I, I probably had able assisted in there too. Um, again, I'm, a little bit rusty because it's been a couple months since I did this. It's I need I need to get more consistent. And there's this episode is going to take a little while to come out. <laughs> I, I'm tra- I'm traveling tomorrow. I'm gonna going to Puerto Rico tomorrow. I'll be there till oh. sun- till Sunday. So there's that. Um, and then, like I said, being rusty again. And also, I'm changing my hosting platform. This, this is going to be the first episode that comes out 
after changing the platform. So I, I moved from Castos to um, what's it called? Anchor. Oh, Anchor, yeah. Yeah, so I'm moving it to Anchor. I don't know why I didn't start with Anchor. Somehow, Castle, the way everything was presented, Castle seemed so much easier to start with with all the integrations and everything. But yeah. I think Anchor is even free. I don't know why I didn't just start with Anchor. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have this really sweet Spotify integration, too, that I'm really uh, you know, excited to play with. I, I wish I had that earlier because I did some episodes on music, and we were talking about a bunch of music, but couldn't play put the music on the episode. <laughs> but with Anchor, that would have been so easy with the Spotify integration. So, right, yeah, finally made the switch, anyways. And most importantly, they allow um, they help you solicit for sponsors and all that, which I think is interesting. But saying all that to say, I'm going to be playing with the Anchor system um, to put this up and see how it goes. Um, so probably I've. I want to be optimistic and say maybe next weekend this is going to be a <laughs> okay. But yeah, we'll see about that. I, this is going to be a good one then. Oh yeah, um, I I'm planning a future episode too with um, some popular Airbnb hosts I've been following on on Instagram. Um, this one lady who she just started her own course. Uh, I think she has two or three units now, and she just. She just started doing her own course. Um, there's this other guy. I, I actually bought his course and joined his community in preparation for starting the apartment thing. That's That seems to be his specialty, I think. Um, yeah. He has some pretty good info in there. He, he actually does a free masterclass every Wednesday um, where he'll give you he'll give you a lot of, in my opinion, he's giving more information than he should for free. <laughs> he's giving more. I, I would charge people for some of the stuff that he's that he gives on that on on those sessions. But he does them Wednesday evenings. I think eight p.m. They're free right. almost every Wednesday. I think. Um, but he has a private community that meets up on Sundays, and there's just a wealth of information in that. I don't even have the time to dig through everything that they have in there. So I'm sticking. Yeah. I'm sticking to the questions I need answered at the moment. Uh, but I'm thinking I might have like two or three people like that. And maybe you, if you wanted to get in on that kind of conversation and just yeah, for sure, get into it and see what's um, hopefully they're willing to divulge some nuggets on the show for people, people listening and All anybody right. listening who's interested, maybe can get in um, with one of them. They, I guess they, they both have classes now for sale. Um to a lot of people, it might seem like a lot, but I mean, you have to invest something. Like the guy's class I bought, I think um, he had it on sale in December, actually, but I was kind of dragging my feet and I missed it. I ended up paying like 400 bucks for, for the class because, yeah. uh, <laughs> because I was indecisive in December. Uh, um, but yeah, it's stuff, information like that is only going to get more and more expensive. The first guy I found that kind of gave me this idea on youtube i think his course is something like fifteen hundred dollars or something right yeah he has a hey. lot of free information on youtube but, but yeah uh, i'm 100 percent with paying for education you know yeah. um we do it all the time with college i paid for um let's see a few different types of um what do they call them uh like online courses or whatever i oh, paid yeah. like five thousand for one i paid uh thirty five hundred for another one me and my business partner, uh, we paid like what I think like fifteen thousand or sixteen thousand for for one of the last ones. It's like uh, I'm totally with it, and I, I think 
uh, you can either pay for the experience or you can like drag your feet and oh, learn yeah. the hard way. You know what I mean? So I'm oh, totally yeah. with you. Yeah, if I had found this guy two years ago, I I don't know where I'd be by now. If I had found this guy two years ago, so that kind of information is is, right. pri- is priceless. You can't put a price on you. that kind of information. Right, and the only people that, that say it's bad are, are the ones that um, actually aren't action takers. Because you can purchase the the course, but if you don't purchase it and take action, then you know there can be so many gems and you just lose it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they definitely have to pair the action with, with uh, you know, gain the information, and that that's a big part of why I like the community too, because it's, um, I kind of see it as a form of, let me say, a source of account accountability, right? Um, yeah, so they'd like they'll get on a Zoom call and talk like, okay, what's everybody done since last week? What's going on? Anybody having problems? We having problems with that kind of thing. So it's really really interactive. Um, can't wait to hop in there. Yeah, so just literally biding my time. I think my my uh, I was filing a new LLC that should be ready any day now. <laughs> so <laughs> it should be ready any day now. So I'm um excited to get started with that. Um, and you have your LLC. Is that a series LLC or is it just like a regular LLC? Uh, just a regular one. I've I've seen that term somewhere, but now I don't even remember what the difference is. What is what is the series again? Yeah. So basically, let's say um, you have Kennedy LLC, and that's your series LLC, right? And let's say you have Kennedy Airbnb oh. uh, LLC under it, then Kennedy, um, I don't know, residential assisted living. LLC under it and all the other ones. You yeah, know what I mean. So, so basically, like so the pa- the parents, the parents. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, I think does it matter which one you create first? Because I eventually want to get to that point, but this one probably will not be the parent. I'll need to get another one. I need yeah, to get another yeah. one to act as the. It doesn't really matter which one you create first. I don't think this is legal advice, but um, <laughs> I, I think that you can convert it either way because we've done it ourselves with our uh, LLCs. We've converted it from a regular LLC to a series LLC. Okay, because uh, I think I think I'll eventually get another one to act as the parent or series. Um, right. So I have I have one with uh, my partners working with on Airbnb already. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted one that would be just my own so I can do some more experimenting. It's when you're working with, I'm sure you know this, when you're working with someone else, you can't just, you can't just get a hunch and then go with it. You have to, right. you have to talk them into it. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I've, I feel like I lose, I lose some speed in doing, being able to do that. I, I, I'm the kind of person where it's like, I'd rather be able to move on that. And if I was wrong, I was wrong. It, it's just me. I'll take it on the chin and I'll, I'll learn from it. I keep yeah. moving. So I want that space to have my own little experiments and try something that I think will work and see how it goes. But at the same time, I'm still going to be working with the other one. Um, we had Haven High LLC that we set up. And uh, as uncreative as I am, I named the new one Kenheim LLC. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of in a hurry the other day. I was like, okay, I don't have time to think of an eloquent name, so I'll just I'll just slap that on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll definitely we'll definitely link up on that uh, new one. I want to at least set up one apartment first before I, 
I've been talking to that lady already. We talk on Instagram quite frequently. I went on one of her webinars, but I feel like um, it will be more of an interesting discussion after I've actually set up an apartment and I'll right. try to put that together. But I'll definitely let you know when that's when that's coming up. It looks like okay, I've, cool. I've started my bad habit of going over an hour again on these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as usual, thanks uh, thanks for coming on, Neil. Um, always great to have you. Uh, let me know if you have any future topics you want to discuss. We can always break stuff down here. Um, again, I'll, if I don't reach out about the info, uh, remind me if there's anything you want to put in the show notes that's different from what I had on the last ones. Just let me know. I'll, I'll throw that in there. and uh, I'll, okay. pro- I'll probably start editing this stuff maybe Tuesday night. Um yeah, that, I think that's when I'll probably get to it. But, All right, sounds good. I appreciate you having me, dude. All right, man. Fun. I love doing this with you. Definitely, the time the time really flies by. Cause one yeah. was like ten minutes ago, you went to pick up your pizza. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Again, um, definitely go check out Now Property Investments. If you have some money laying around, you want to start a business, maybe look into Able Assisted. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, inflation is only getting worse. Do something with your money, but uh, catch you guys next time. Um, same time, well, same place, maybe not the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.